welcome to Nice Bossy with Emma Siebold. What's nice bossy, you ask? Well, I came up with the phrase nice bossy to help my vivacious and very forthright daughter understand how she can be a strong and confident leader who gets what she wants through being nice and using her manners. I believe you can be powerful and successful without compromising kindness, empathy, or your contribution to the world. I'm living proof as I've done just that with my businesses, Bar Body and Bend. This podcast is all about going for and achieving your life and business dreams in a way that's aligned with your heart and values. I founded Bar Body nine years ago and have grown it into the highly profitable multi-million dollar business it is today. I lead with love, make smart, strategic decisions, take calculated risks, and tenaciously go for my dreams. I've had many a struggle and hardship, but ultimately the biggest personal and professional growth has been born of my toughest times. I've learned so much along the way, and I am excited to share my journey, success secrets, and special sauce with you so that you may live your dreams, build a profitable business, and lead with love too. Let's get into it together. Well, hello. After quite a long break from podcasting, I am absolutely delighted to be back with a brand new episode. It has been a big delay because I think trying to juggle having children at home during lockdown and just trying to balance my own mental and emotional health with the needs of the business and everything that's been going on in the world. It felt right to me to give myself a little space and not do the things that weren't urgent. And so here we are, my children, very luckily for me, are back at school. I live in northern New South Wales and we've just come out of five weeks of lockdown, which I know is minuscule in comparison to all of the special people, all of my friends and all of you listening in Melbourne and Sydney who've been in lockdown for far longer, especially those in Melbourne. But five weeks, in addition to all the stress that I have felt over the past year and a half now since COVID hit, it's really challenging and I have quite exuberant, demanding children. So I'm absolutely delighted to be back and I thought that I would share some of my routines, practices, and tools that I use in my life and I think contribute to my happiness and my productivity and my success. So I am going to share some of those tools with you today and hopefully you find some of them useful or all of them useful. Perhaps you'll find none of them useful and all it will do is will reinforce that you're on the right track with what you're doing already. In any case, sit back, relax, and I shall tell you about the special things that I think make me more everything in this world. So I'll start with my daily routine. I get asked about that a lot. And so I'll talk a little bit about that. I have been blessed with two superpowers. The first one is I can fall asleep very, very easily. So the reason that's a superpower is that it's very easy for me to go to sleep of an evening and I tend to get really good quality sleep. So I'm very blessed in that front. 
What that means is that I'm able to get up early. I've always been a morning person. Again, that's my other superpower. I'm a morning person. The two are kind of linked, I think. The earlier you go to bed and the better sleep you have, the more likely you are and the easier it is to get up early in the morning. But I'm very blessed to be a diehard morning person. I find the mornings to be magical. Like I just love mornings. They are the most precious and special time for me. It's I'm more creative in the morning. I'm more energetic. I'm more driven to do things that I'm not at night. So for example, in the evenings after about from a work perspective, from a work and creativity perspective, after about three o'clock, I'm pretty rubbish. From a motivation to do anything other than spend time with my kids, make dinner, watch TV, my motivation's really low. Whereas in the morning, I want to listen to podcasts, I want to do self-development, I want to exercise, I want to meditate. So my morning brain, my morning body is so different to my evening body and brain. And yeah, so that's one of the very, very fortunate things about me is that I am a morning person. I always have been. I watch my dear husband struggle because he is not a morning person. He's an evening person, but with two children and, you know, a pretty demanding life, you know, busy business and demanding life, he is in the unfortunate position of, He's too tired in the evening to do that stuff that I'm talking about that I do in the mornings and he can't get up in the morning. So he's, you know, he tends to do that thing where you watch Netflix and then you don't get up in the morning. And I feel really sad for him because I know that he would dearly love to be a morning person for the same reasons that I've just described, but he wasn't blessed. I've told him to try and lean into the evenings and take a break and then do some stuff for himself, like play guitar and do stuff in the evening and not try and push himself to wake up early in the morning, but he's a work in progress as are we all, right? So I'm very, very blessed that I'm a morning person. For me, I prefer to wake up without an alarm. So what I've started to do is go to bed really early. I go to bed with the kids now. So my kids go to bed about eight or 8.30. I will hop into bed at that time and read and I find, and usually reading for pleasure. I don't often read for, it's always fiction, not nonfiction in the evening. I'm reading for pleasure and just to sort of enjoy the last few moments before I go to sleep. And usually I fall asleep. It has to be a really, really exciting book to keep me up beyond about 15, 20 minutes. So I'll read. I really enjoy that time. And then I'll fall asleep. And what that means is I'm falling asleep between 8.30 and 9.30 typically. And then I'm waking up naturally. I don't like alarms. I prefer to wake up as and when my body is ready. I'll often have a multivitamin or an iron tablet before bed. And I find that that helps me to wake up feeling more energized and fresher in the morning as well. So I'll wake up anytime between around 4 and 5.30. If I stay in bed till 5.30, that's a pretty big sleep in. Or if I stay asleep until 5.30, that's a big sleep in. Anything after four feels pretty good to me. I have been known to wake up even earlier than that 
And that typically happens in times of stress when my cortisol levels are high and I know that I've got things to do, particularly during the lockdowns. I find that I was waking up very, very early, waking up at three or 3.30 and then going and doing some work because knowing that with children and homeschooling, I'd have less time during the day. But in the normal course of events, waking up around five is really nice for me. And I have a number of routines. So I don't do the same thing every morning. I really believe in listening to my heart, listening to what I'm feeling, what I'm vibing on, what I want. These are all of the things that I would do in the morning and I sort of select from what floats my boat. One of my non-negotiables for the last two years and previously probably less Left more of a negotiable, but non-negotiable for the last two years has been 20 minutes of meditation. So that's the very first thing I do. I'll get up and meditate. And my experience of meditation is very, very varied. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it's really, really average. And I've got another podcast episode planned where I talk about meditation and the benefits, the surprising benefits for me, but that's another podcast. So I'll meditate in the morning and then I have this shopping list of things that I love to do. So on my shopping list is movement. I might do a bar body online class. I might do my own yoga practice or my own Pilates or bar practice. I might go for a walk. I love walking. I really, really love walking and talking about creative tools. And I'll talk about specific tools a little bit later, but walking for me is just magic. In, if it's in the early morning, I just find that that's when I have my best creative ideas. When I walk, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to audiobooks. I just walk. And that's where I have these amazing revelations and these ideas and creative ideas for business. So walking's one of the things on my morning shopping list that I love to do. I'm also very, very lucky that we now have an infrared sauna at home. So that's also high on my list, especially in winter when it's a little bit colder. I'll go and have a sauna and I'll either watch a lecture, some sort of personal development, personal growth study, or I'll do a meditation on Insight Timer. And I just, you know, really love that time before the children wake up. I can, these are all these things that I can do. So they're sort of that, they're sort of the things that I do in the morning. If I know that I'm really, really busy with work and feeling a little bit stressed or behind, interestingly enough, what I'll choose to do straight after my meditation is sit down with a cup of tea and do all my emails. I actually find that that puts me in a calmer state of mind, just more ready for the day ahead if I've gotten that out of the way. So in some ways, it sounds a little bit counterintuitive because ideally we want to save that time for the creative, more sort of self practices. But I find that when I'm stressed, when I have a lot to do, it really does actually help calm me down. The other thing that I might do of a morning would be to do my own personal growth practice. So often I'm doing study, looking at courses, doing various short courses, or I'll listen to a really interesting talk or watch a lecture So I really love that time for self-development and growth. The other thing that I love to do in the early mornings, and it depends what I've got on at the moment, I've just 
completed a really big project and that is a new course that I have coming out really soon which is all about how to open your own Pilates yoga or bar studio. So sometimes I would work on that in the mornings and just because I love that sense of achievement. Mornings I feel I'm at my most creative. I can work the fastest. I can get so much done in the morning. So sometimes if the spirit moves me as it has the last few weeks in lockdown, I really wanted to get it finished. I was getting up early and doing some work. So these are all the sorts of things that I might do in my morning. Like I said, mornings are my time to shine. So I would encourage you to work out when your time to shine is. Is it in the early morning? Is it in the late evening? Is it in the afternoon? Find that time and make sure you carve out some time for you and maybe think about having your own shopping list of things that you like to do. I certainly find it easier to get out of bed in the morning knowing that I get to choose from this shopping list of activities. Oh, I forgot another really good one that I will often do is in the morning, I'll have a cup of tea and I'll do, I don't know if you'd call it journaling, but I would do a practice of visualization, intention setting, manifestation, gratitude, and do that on paper. Now I'm going to talk you through that practice in just a moment because it's one of my most special daily practices. So that's another thing on my shopping list have a cup of tea and do these particular practices. So I have all of these things available to me and it just makes getting out of bed easier knowing that I can choose where I'm at of a day. I might feel like exercise or I might be really tired. And on the days that I'm really tired but can't go back to sleep, I might even stay in bed to listen to my meditation or watch a lecture or a video on something that's productive for me, self-growth-ish for me. So that's my morning shopping list. I want to talk now about this really beautiful daily practice that I've cultivated. I do this almost every single day, either at the end of my meditation or in a journal. So I'll either do it as a mental practice or a written practice. So the end of my meditation or in my journal, or sometimes I do it in the car. If I've got to go somewhere early in the morning, I'll do it in the car on the way. Now, this practice is something that I've developed over the past few years, and I cannot tell you how much my life has changed from doing these things every single day. So the first part is gratitude. So I'll do a practice of gratitude. Sometimes it's really quick and I'll just list a few things like I'm grateful for my friends, my family, my life, my home my business, my health. And I'll just list, you know, these three to five, 10 really simple things. Sometimes it's really in depth and I really get into the feeling of gratitude. I I really sort of go inwards and really feel that sense of gratitude. And that's always the richest version of the practice is when I go deep and really feel the gratitude. So yeah, just listing. And sometimes I can go on and on and on and start listing things like I'm grateful for the way that flowers unfurl. I'm grateful for the way that sometimes a ladybug will land on me. You know, this like going into that level of detail, I'm grateful for waves, unbroken waves in the ocean. So things like that can go, I can go really, really, really expand that gratitude practice. And when you feel gratitude when it's a felt sense as opposed to an intellectual process. Don't get me wrong, the intellectual process is absolutely so valuable. When you really feel that sense of gratitude, it's absolutely life-changing and 
really, really quite magical. So this practice of gratitude really sets up the day. Ideally, it's first thing in the morning because it does really, really inform your day and inform the way you feel for the day. And there have been numerous studies to prove that scientifically having a mindset of gratitude really does improve your outlook, improves your experience of the world. So gratitude is first in this practice. The second thing is, so I'll do gratitude and then I'll do forgiveness. This is a really interesting one. So actually, no, I tell a lie. Sometimes I mix them up. The second one is prayer. Don't be alarmed by prayer. I'm not religious. For me, I'm just praying to the universe, praying to this sense of universal love, to you know collective consciousness. Some people call it God. You can call it whatever you want, but I'm just praying for things that I would like to happen. And prayers for me, a really important part of this prayer practice is that it is outside of myself. So I'm not praying for this selfless or somewhat selfless prayers. So I might pray for something, for someone I really care about. They might have an issue, so I might pray for them. Or I might pray, you know, for example, pray for all the people who are in lockdown at the moment. May they find peace. May they find the strength to get through this really tough period. So this practice of prayer externalizing it, making it not about you. I find that it's really nice to get out of your own head, to be a little more selfless perhaps. So that's the second part. Then the third part is forgiveness. And this is really, really powerful. So forgiveness and compassion. So typically I try and work with three people and sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more, but three holds me accountable to this practice. So the practice of forgiveness and compassion is to think about people in my life who I am confronted by or feeling challenged by or have a particular conflict with. I'm a really loving person. I don't have a lot of conflict in my life, but like everyone, conflict arises. That's the, it's the natural way of things. People are coming at things from different perspectives. And so yeah, like everyone, I have conflict. And I find that this practice of forgiveness is so incredibly powerful in shifting every aspect of your life, but especially your sense of happiness. I find that when you have conflict, you're typically holding on to either sadness or anger. And this practice of forgiveness helps you release all of that. So I will think of that person and that particular conflict, and I will either say to them, I'll either embrace them, close my eyes. My eyes are always closed throughout the whole practice, but I'll embrace them in either an imaginary hug or I'll send love to them, loving light to them, or I'll invite them into my circle of love and light. Or sometimes I'll do, it's a Hawaiian forgiveness prayer and it is, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And it's quite amazing doing, repeating this prayer, you might repeat it three or five times. It's quite incredible because often there's this resistance in you that the person that you're thinking of, or this particular thing, you're like, they need to forgive me. I don't need to say sorry to them. They need to say sorry to me. I need, it's, it's about me, but it's quite incredible. If you just remove those thoughts and just go through the practice and think, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. It is 
amazing and miraculous. I have used this particular prayer is a new part of my practice, but I've used the the circle of love and light, sending someone love. I've used that a lot. And I can tell you, it is the most incredible and powerful thing. Things shift like energetically, feelings and experiences with that person without you even talking to them, they shift. And that has happened to me every single time. And those feelings that you hold on to, those feelings of sadness and anger, they dissipate. So if you're going to take one thing out of today, it would be to start that compassion and forgiveness practice. And sometimes you might even need to have compassion and forgiveness to yourself. So don't be afraid to include yourself in that practice, but I would still try and have three other people if you have enough conflict in your life. If you don't, then lucky you, you don't have to worry. So then then the next part of the practice is I do what I call intuitive listening. So I just sit quietly and I ask universe, consciousness, my own inner knowing, I ask, is there anything I need to know right now? And I just sit and listen. Is there anything I need to work on right now? Is there anything that's coming up for me right now? And I just listen. And sometimes there's nothing and sometimes there's something. So that's, I do that. And then the final part of the process is manifestation and visualization. I sit and I think and I feel the things that I want to bring into my life. Manifestation is so incredibly powerful and it is a whole nother episode. I could talk a lot about this, but I could tell you that a lot of my success is due to, I'd say, half manifestation visualization and half hard work. So I work really hard, but I visualized and imagined what I want and then I make it happen. So manifestation is so incredibly powerful. It's especially powerful when you really feel into, just like the gratitude practice, when you feel into the gratitude, it's the same thing with manifestation. When you feel into how it feels to bring about these things that you want, when it's a Rather than just having this shopping list of, I want a new house, I want a new car, I want to go on amazing holidays. If that's what you really want, and that's kind of, you know, a bit superficial, but that doesn't mean that it's not totally valid. Think about what's the motivation for you behind those things? How do you want to feel? I want to feel abundant. I want to feel free. I want to feel comfortable, safe. Feel that while you're thinking about these things that you want to bring into your life, these things you want to manifest and visualize it happening. Visualize yourself enjoying them, receiving them, already having had them occur or or happen to you. So that's my practice. And whilst it's taken me quite a long time to describe it, the actual practice itself, I can do in about five minutes. I can do all of those things in about five minutes. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's 20 minutes, depending on how much time I have or how deep I go. Typically, when you go into that felt sense, it takes a little bit longer to get there. That's my really magical daily practice. I can't recommend it more highly. It's just bits and pieces that I've picked up, designed it myself, and I absolutely stand by it. I've been doing it pretty religiously, probably for the same amount of time that I've been meditating consistently, so about two years, and it's doing all of the right things. All right, so now I want to talk about some of the tools that I use in my life, actual practical tools that I use in my life to do all of the things that I've talked about and to bring me more love, more joy, more success, and more magic into my life. So 
The first one is Trello. I love Trello. Trello is an organization tool. It's basically a to-do list tool. You can use it via an app or on your desktop. You create these boards and you can have lists. So I have a board that's all around my dreams and goals. I have a board for my work to-do list. We use it for our teams at Bar Body and Bend. So I love, love, love Trello as a planning tool. I love Insight Timer. Many of you will have heard of Insight Timer. It's a free meditation app. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, I'd say, I'm going to say tens of thousands. It might be an exaggeration, but there are thousands of meditations on Insight Timer. More recently, I have upgraded to the pro subscription and I'm doing the manifestation course at the moment on Insight Timer and it is so, so good. I'm absolutely loving it. So Insight Timer is another tool that I really love. I've recently subscribed to Growth Day. So Brendan Burchard is a really great inspirational slash success performance coach. He had a seminar an online seminar, I think last year or maybe earlier this year with a bunch of different speakers. He's got lots of friends and lots of people who are really inspiring and into this high performance mindset. He created an app off the back of that called Growth Day, and they have really amazing coaching from this series of coaches, including Brendan. So I love the Growth Day app. I'm really enjoying that at the moment. In fact, this morning I listened to a one of the coaching sessions with the guy, I can't think of his name now, but the guy who founded the Tapping Solution. So this morning I just downloaded the Tapping Solution app. They've got a number of tapping practices. If you haven't done tapping before, emotional freedom technique, I recommend it. It's really powerful. I've just inco- started to incorporate it into my life and so far so good. It's all about helping release blockages, helping release fears, helping move through things. So yeah, have a go at tapping as well. Also on my list, I have a subscription to Yoga Glow. I love Sally Kempton's meditations. I keep the subscription, even though Yoga Glow has tons of yoga practices on there. I sometimes do those, but I really have the subscription because I love Sally Kempton's meditations. She's just really special. I also like some of Rod Stryker's meditations on there as well. What else is on my magical list of tools that I use? I wrote down some notes. Let me think. Jack Canfield is one of, he has a book called The Success Principles Workbook. So he has a book called The Success Principles. The Success Principles Workbook is the accompanying workbook. Now I have read The Success Principles. It's a big book. You don't have to read it. You can go straight to the workbook and I absolutely love it. I'm going to use it quite a bit in my upcoming business retreat. So I've got some women coming to retreat with me as soon as we can open up. We're going to work on their businesses together and day one, we're going to use some of the work from Jack Canfield's Success Principles. I absolutely love it in terms of personal growth, goal setting, visualization, manifestation, working out your life purposes. It's a really, really powerful book. So I love that. If you are coming on my retreat or want to come on my retreat, don't buy it because we will talk a lot about it on the retreat. So yeah. The next one is Danielle Laporte. I love her desire map process. It's a really great goal setting process. I talk a lot about goals with souls. So how to set goals that are from your heart rather than more materialistic 
ideas of goals. So I love Danielle Laporte. She's one of my favorites as well. I think they're the main tools that I use at the moment in my life. So I've rushed through those tools toward the end, but if I think of anything else, I'll mention it in another podcast, but I'm just really, really loving the space that I'm in at the moment, as much as it's been a very, very challenging year and a half. And I'm finding on a professional note, it's been hard. The hardest thing for me actually has been worrying about the people that I work with, worrying about the team that I care about, all of our teachers who are waiting for our studios to reopen so they can do what they love. That's been the hardest bit for me. And seeing all my beautiful full-time and part-time teams, seeing them in lockdown and just seeing how hard it is for everyone to stay motivated and keep going. I know some people love lockdown, so different different experiences from different people, but they're the things that I've found to be the most challenging. But in this right now for me, I actually feel like I'm in one of my most inspired, excited places in my life. In my Next episode, I'm actually going to talk about how to build resilience and how to get back up after struggle and challenge. So I think that I'll be able to speak to that so, so well and so eloquently having had much, much struggle in my life and certainly a lot of struggle in the past five years. So I think it's having come through all of that struggle that means that my mindset is really positive and happy at the moment. So if you have listened to this episode and you have heard me talk about all of these amazing tools, one thing I'll tell you is that it's very difficult to use these tools in the time that you need them most. So again, another thing that sounds counterintuitive, you'd think that when you're feeling down or sad or unmotivated or stuck, this is when these tools will help you the most. From my own personal experience, yes, in a perfect world, but often when you're feeling stuck and sad or when you're experiencing heartbreak or when you're feeling just that sense of, I don't, I'm not moving forward, I'm not happy, sometimes you just have to sit in the space of that and not try and use magical tools to push through it. So I've given you all of these tools. And these tools, in my experience, actually work best when you're feeling good. When you're not feeling good, sometimes it just feels disingenuous. It feels like a push to try and use the tools. So take that as you will. These are the things that I do. I find it a lot easier to do them when I'm feeling good. And yeah, in our next episode together, I'm going to talk a little bit about yeah, how to get back up from hardship because I've had a lot of it. So I can't wait to talk about it. Thank you so much. If you're still listening, thank you so, so much. I can't wait to chat to you again. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you want more from me, visit my website, emmasebold.com for show notes and all sorts of goodies or follow me on Instagram at emmasebold underscore. Thanks again for listening and I hope I can help you live your richest, most magical, most successful and aligned life. Until next time.